Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hour number two of a three-hour edition of Oilers Now, playoff style. And uh, just before we went to break, we're going to take care of a little bit of business here. Oilers game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports, Fan Cave and Fan Gear specials for all budgets in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail and at ProAmSports.ca. Our question, uh, as a member of the Atlanta Thrashers, which Pittsburgh Penguin and agitator did Evander Kane knock the blank out? The correct answer, Matt Cook. Congratulations to Brent. He wins a $50 GC, uh, courtesy of our friends at PromSports.ca. I wonder if they got uh, requests for the Evander Kane exchange with the fan in Vegas, the uh, the cultured lady who uh, elected to uh, give Evander the bird, as I believe he was blowing her kisses or something. It was uh, it was a, a funny, funny moment. Also, we opened up uh, with your so vain when we had Mark Spector on, having a little bit of fun with him. Uh, Robin Brownlee, uh, he, of course, a longtime uh, Edmonton-based uh, writer, does some work over at Oilers Nation, uh, tweeted at us and s- uh, sent me a story courtesy of Entertainment uh, Magazine saying that Carly Simon finally confirms uh, who inspired your so vain and, yes, indeed, Warren Beatty. So there you go. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement Bet on it 24 7 open 365 River Cree Resort and Casino. And for our friends at Wow Factor Desserts, help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at their new retail location, 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton, or click on wowfactordesserts.com. A man nobody's ever called vain before. We welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Nobody? <laughs> Nobody? Okay. Did you ever have anybody serenade you at any point? <laughs> no, I have not had anyone serenade me. I do laugh about the antics between players and recently even general managers and fans. Uh, it's a strange dynamic. That just that 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 really never happened to me, at least. Uh, they to come. They they can yell. They can give you the bird. Whatever they want. I mean, as long as they're not disrespectful to other patrons, I could care less if I was a player or a GM, for that matter. Well, you were a GM in Tampa Bay. Kyle Dubas in particular, did he not get into it with the fans in Tampa Bay? He did. He did quite a bit. More than I've ever seen, really, to be honest with you. Yeah. Was there not an incident uh, with LaCroix when he was with uh, the late uh, Pierre LaCroix? Uh, who, like you, was an agent that became a GM, but I thought he got into it at the height of the Colorado-Detroit battle with one of the guys on Detroit. 
And because I have a theory that uh, here's here's my theory, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. So media can chirp other media, but that's it. You should never cross the line there. Uh, coaches can coach uh, can chirp coaches, but shouldn't chirp players. And players should be left to chirp a player. Now, if one of the guys wants to have a fun at my expense on the plane or something like that, which I often do, Jack and me sit right in front of the food. You can imagine how many times I get it from the fellows over that. Uh, that's all right. But you know what I mean? Like, there's sort of, like, what, what are your thoughts? Like, Gerard Gallant at times has communicated to players and other teams. Now, the thing about Gerard Gallant is he could still back it up if he wanted to. But what, you know what I mean? Like, as a rule of thumb, do you not agree that coaches probably shouldn't be getting into it with players and opposition teams? I agree 100%. You're not playing the game. You shouldn't be yapping at players if you're a coach. You know, now if a player comes over and gets in your face, can you respond? I guess if he's specifically addressing you, but as a coach, I never liked that look when I was a player or a GM. Yeah. I don't want to see the coaches doing that. It just it doesn't feel right. Leave it to the players that are on the ice to decide that stuff. Ryan, the people need to remember these are the final eight teams in the league. Like these are good teams. They are. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about some of the good teams like Boston that went out early, like Colorado. Uh, that's not necessarily new, though. That's happened in the past. These are the final eight teams, and they've all earned it by virtue of winning the first round. And that's just the way it is. So I don't get too hung up on that. It's surprising because Seattle's one of the teams, and a lot of people didn't see that coming. Uh, they've played very well, although they lost last night. They still have played very well in the playoffs thus far. Yeah. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights, this is a well-run franchise, isn't it? Yeah, it really is from top to bottom. Uh, George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon, you know, things changed. George started out as a general manager. It was a chance that Kelly might leave. <laughs> George and the owner, Bill Foley, recognized that we're a better organization with both these guys. And George selflessly moved up to president. Kelly slid into the GM role. And it's worked really well for them, to be honest with you. What do they do well, in your opinion? I think that they're, the one thing that's really shocked me about Vegas, and it's been a strength and a weakness, depending on who you talk to, is how ruthless they've been about improving their hockey club. And I say that specifically in regard to Marc-Andre Fleury, right. a guy that you know you felt came in and really gave him a lot of life, uh, led them to the finals in their first year, was the face of the franchise, affable guy, very well liked by all media players, you know, you name it. Um, but some of the things that went on, you know, people have taken shots at them. At the same time, I can very easily say their mission is to try to put together a team that can win the cup. And one of the biggest mistakes you see teams make is sometimes they go above and beyond in terms of how grateful they are to players. I think of guys like maybe Jeff Carter, Mike Richards. There's lots of them. But it's a fine line to walk, and I think Vegas, for the most part, has done a good job with that. They, if they have a chance to get better, they'll take it. Um, they've established a culture that's really strong. Their accountability level is terrific. Um, they're not afraid to admit if they've made mistakes. 
They're not afraid to change things up if they don't like the feel. They operate, in my opinion, very autonomously. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, you take a look. They gave up Ken Holland when he was a GM Detroit, got a first, a second, and a third for Thomas Tatar. Then Vegas, after Tatar was healthy scratch in that 18 playoff run, they flipped Tatar, Nick Suzuki, in a second for Patch Reddy. Well, subsequent to that, the Vegas Golden Knights organization uh, ended up uh, reeling in Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, and Jack Eichel, and had some financial issues, and that made uh, Patch Ready ultimately quite expendable. In fact, they even included a decent, uh, you know, prospect D to go along uh, with Patch Ready just to get him off the books. But when you're winning, people forget about the fact that they gave up a first and second and third to get Tatar and Suzuki and Tatar for, for Patch Ready giving away for free because they're, they are relentless, aren't they, Brian, in terms of their pursuit of the top players? They really are. I mean, that Tatar deal was an awful deal for them, and a lot of teams can get a little bit gun-shy, can get hung up on those things. You don't want to make another mistake. That could be it. Vegas just rolls right through it. You made a mistake, you made a mistake. The way we used to do it in Tampa is whenever we were going to do anything with Oren Cool, so I would tell him what our options were and if we won, why we'd win, and if we were going to lose or just do okay because of these reasons. The information is there. You can't hide from it. Um, I think Vegas does as good or better than anybody else in the league in terms of that type of communication and just autonomy that they get from their owner. Make a mistake, it's okay. Keep going. We'll make a better decision next time. Uh, there's been lots of examples, and you just ripped off a bunch of them in 10 seconds. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. So they have real depth. Edmonton uh, has improved depth, but maybe doesn't have quite the forward. I mean, they've got a guy like uh, Paul Cotter, who's got double-digit goals this year. That's a healthy scratch. Phil Kessel, who's a, you know, maybe he's on the clearly on the downside of his career. But they've got good players not playing with this forward group. Now, part of it is they were uh, because of the Mark Stone LTIR situation, uh, Brian, they were able to, to basically use that space to go get Barbashev and, and get themselves a, a short-term rental. It helped out as well. They've, it's, it's apparent that five-on-five five they've been the better team in the series. Um, can Edmonton flip, flip the switch here and even that up? Because if you end up even five-on-five five with the Oilers' power play, ultimately you got to, even if they don't want to seem to call a lot of penalties like they did not early in game three, they didn't the first two games. Uh, that's the only way the Oilers are going to get, you know, find a way to win this series, isn't it, with better 5v5 play? 100%. Uh, you can't just rely on, on the power play. I mean, teams do play more discipline in the playoffs. There's just so much more on the line. And if you don't give Edmonton power plays and they don't improve their 5-on-5 five five play, you have a really good chance to beat them. Everybody knows that. Everybody looks at their bottom six guys and says, look, we're not going to win the matchup in the top six, but that's okay. We can hopefully slow those guys down and win the matchup on the bottom six. And that is the way people look at it more than ever. You know, it doesn't matter that Edmonton has, let's just say in theory, the two best forwards. I think it's more than in theory, but the two best forwards. Maybe maybe more than that, quite frankly, but it's not enough to win. Still a team game. And Vegas is trying to play their strengths, and so far they've done a good job of it. Do you believe that organizations basically need a director of goaltending? Because Vegas has one in Sean Burke. 
Um, I, I think it's incredibly helpful. The goalies are just a world of their own. Uh, Sean Burke used to be a client at Octagon when I was there. Uh, Berkey is a very well-respected human being. He communicates well with the players. He's a guy's guy. I thought he might punch Keith Kachuk and Jeremy Roenick in the face at one point when he was a goalie, which was kind of unheard of in era, in a Phoenix. At that time, it was called Phoenix. So uh, there's a lot of character with Berkey. He knows how things work. He understands it. He understands the goaltending role. Uh, I think he's done wonders for them, quite frankly. For whatever reason, Berkey kind of rejects sometimes that job because I think he might like to be higher up in management. Um, but he's just really good at working with the goalies, and he does an outstanding job. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, let's talk about some league stuff. Uh, you briefly, We briefly hit on the Maple Leafs. Is there, I mean, it has happened before. Teams have rallied from 3 nothing down. Does Toronto have the makeup to rally, in your opinion? In my opinion, no. Could they? Yes, of course they can. I don't want to, you know, ruin the hopes of everybody out there. Yes, they can. If they can just, you know what, you have to break it down to its simplest form. Just win the next game in front of you. Eventually, it actually turns over into your favor. But if you don't win the first one, it doesn't matter. Do they have the intestinal fortitude to do that, to play the way they need to play? Uh, Toronto, to me, at times feels like a team when it's going great, they're gangbusters, and when it's not, it goes the other way. They've had some unfortunate luck so far in this round against Florida, um, but it, it, it'll be tough. Maybe they have one of those games where they just steamroll Florida and they're back in it and they feel good, but I'm not sure they can string together three of those. I will say this. If you win the first one, you get into that second one, and now the other team goes, oh, boy, if you win that second one, it's on. And forget it all. It's on. And it's on in a big time. So that's what they have to try to focus on, just winning the first one. And then they can worry about the bounce that you'll get from what we all call in the playoffs momentum. Well, it's funny you mention that because I remember back in 98 when the Oilers were playing Colorado and the Avs probably had two and a half times the salary cap of the Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, you know, it's when they had Sackick and Forsberg and a guy named Patrick Juan Goal, and the Avs were up 3-1 through the first four games. And there was no no one in Edmonton that thought they were going to come back and win that series. And then Cujo stopped 90 out of 91 shots over the next three games, and the order shut out Colorado in game six and game seven. Like, and I remember hearing, I remember hearing, after game, the orders won 2 nothing in game six. It ended with Adam Denmark's jumping Ryan Smith at the end of the game because that sort of crap happened back. Well, wait, it still happens now. And I just remember Ron Lowe saying, I went walking by. He's like, we got him right where we want him now. All the pressure's on them for game seven. And they that, right. and that was 3 1. So there's your point. Um, how, all right, the New York Rangers, Gerard Gallant is out. Can they go? I aspect this question. Can they go with an unproven younger coach, a guy who knows their prospects and players from coaching Hartford? Is New York too big of a scale for Chris Knobloch at this time, or do we read into it that the New York Post in back-to-back days wrote separate stories about him? I think it's certainly possible. There are whispers, but there are challenges that you point out. New York Rangers, you know, is that the right spot where you want to get your first coaching job? 
There's no reason why it shouldn't be. I don't think it'll happen in this case, even though it is, does seem to be the prevailing narrative because of where the team is at right now. Yeah. I think if they were you know, back a couple of years and getting it going again, it would have been still challenging, but okay. Uh, I don't see it happening now on the basis that I think they'd like a veteran guy at the same time. There's not really a ton of veteran guys out there. Peter Lavalette is out there. Joel Quenville can't be talked to. Yep. We've heard that making the rounds recently. Um, I thought that might have been a possibility, but it doesn't appear that that's really on the radar now. Uh, the commissioner is you know, going to set the tone for that if and when that happens. But, um, no, there's really not a lot of guys out there. Hmm. Uh, interesting stuff. Anything out of Calgary you're hearing? Uh, very quiet in Calgary, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, draft lottery, kind of what everybody thought would happen with the percentages and everything for Calgary. So nothing really new. Uh, a lot of curiosity as to what they're going to do. But I think until they find a GM, it'll continue to be quiet. And Chicago, your thoughts on the Blackhawks winning the uh, lottery to get uh, Connor Bedard? Um, it's a really bad look. For the NHL, but the system is not rigged by any way, shape, or form. I worked at NHL Network for the last five or six years. was always there when the lottery took place, which was held at NHL Network. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very much monitored. It's very professionally handled. It feels strange because Chicago has been through some turmoil as an organization. That's just the randomness. Nobody has control over that. Right. There's no conspiracy theory. Columbus had a better chance than anybody else. A lot of teams have had that same chance, and it hasn't worked out. It's just math. But, no, there's nothing uh, rigged about the NHL system at all. That's kind of a bunch of phony baloney. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? I mean, I'm in Edmonton, and we got lucky – you know, the Oilers actually didn't win the lottery in the Nugent Hopkins year. New Jersey did. They moved from eight to four. Everton retained the number one spot. Uh, they won the lottery in the Akapov year, and I'd argue nobody won the lottery that year. Um, I'd argue Edmonton did win the lottery in 2014 because two teams passed on Leon Dreisettle, but I understand why Florida did. I'll never understand why Buffalo did. That's part of the reason why Tim Murray was not long in Buffalo, and obviously they hit the home run in 2015. So we're in no position in Edmonton to it, whatever happened in, in Chicago happened in Chicago. It's not a it's a horrible story, uh, but the Oilers got off uh, you know really lucky. On, on a couple of occasions here, as we know. So I would never disparage another organization winning, winning the lottery. It's, it's that simple because the Oilers yeah, ju- yeah. Ju- jump-started things, and they've been luckier than anybody. So there you have it. Awesome stuff. Uh, Brian, thank you for joining us here in Oilers Now. My pleasure, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Yep, Brian Lott, uh, for our friends at Wow Factor Desserts, uh, help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at their new retail location, 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton, or click wowfactordesserts.com. Brian Lott is the former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning who drafted Steve Stamkos and Victor Hedman. Uh, he also uh, was the number one pick in the 1983 NHL entry draft and started Octagon's player agency. When we return, we'll look at the goaltending matchups with Protect the Net for our friends at Solve Cyber Security. All right, friend, in trivia time. We're having fun on today's edition of Oilers. Now, Bob Stopper Rogers plays game four of the Oilers in the Vegas Golden Knights. Do you know uh, which NHL player has that as a goal song? 
would be uh, Alex Iafalo. Nicely done. There we go. Yes, you too. I will follow. Is that from War or for Boy? Uh, anyhow, uh, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We're going to go to Protected Net. It is brought to you by Solve Cyber Security. Stay ahead of cyber threats with the team that you can trust. Visit so1ve.io. It'll be Stuart Skinner in goal. He's 4-4, four 3.60 four, goals against average, 88 save percentage against Aiden Hill, who has not given up a goal on 28 shots that he's faced in games 2 and 3 against the Edmonton Oilers. He came in for Laurent Brassois, who got chased in game two uh, with the Oilers up, comfortably up 5 nothing in game number two. Oilers kind of let off the gas in that game. And then obviously when Brassois got knocked out of the game in the first period, came in and played solid in goal for Vegas. That is protect the net. All right, when we come back in Oilers now, we're going to open up the River Curry Resort and Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. This is a good team that the Oilers are facing. I think everybody recognizes that. Uh, we're discussing similarities and differences between the last series and your confidence level of where you're at right now because there's some texters giving me some heat saying, Bob, you're showing too much respect to Vegas. No, I'm showing respect because they're good. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.